Today on the show, strategy plus action equals the power of consistency. Great coaches and consultants like you have the ability to change people's lives and transform entire organizations. And your impact can often go far beyond the clients you work with. One of the reasons I love working with coaches and consultants is because of that ripple effect. This show is here to highlight your expertise and empower you with resources and new ideas to grow your business. Welcome to Strategy in Action. Welcome to the show, everybody. Jake Thompson is on today. Man, we just had a phenomenal conversation. I'm so excited to, to bring this to you. We cover so many topics. I know on this show, we'd like to kind of dig in around one main theme. And, you know, my idea going into this was, you know, really talking about how to take those consistent steps, you know, to get you to your end goal. And we definitely get there on this, but we talk about so many aspects of how Jake helps people. He's got a book called Compete Every Day Company called that t-shirt line, um, really a clothing brand around that, plus speaking and coaching and training around this concept of really improving and taking those kind of necessary actions to get to your end goal. But we dig into so much around this from how he got started, how he made a big pivot in his brand, how, you know, maybe he did too much of a pivot at once, right? Uh, but it was still all worth it and and really good. And he's doing just a phenomenal job right now, um, helping large organizations and individuals, you know, through some of the same work to really improve their lives and um, improve their companies and get to where they want to go. So this has just been a blast. You know, you'll you'll hear in the interview. We just we're going right as soon as we we launch into that without sort of the the formal you know all right welcome to the show aspect of it uh, it was great to catch up uh, I know I know Jake really you know back when I was in Dallas and my good friend Julian Placino you know he sponsored his show so there's a good connection there and you know it's an amazing thing when you get really wonderful driven people you know in your life they they attract more of those. And I've had the good fortune to just know some amazing people. Jake is one of them. And I'm really excited to bring this interview to you. So let's jump in. Yeah. yeah. And that is, that is what I found, especially as we continue to grow. Um, but you know, one of the challenges is as we grow, um, which is never a bad problem to have my focus for the last two years hasn't been how do I grow an e-commerce brand? How do we sell more shirts? My thought is how do we build the audience, generate more revenue? And so my cap switched. And so because of that, I'm focused sales training, leadership development, coaching. How am I coaching mindsets to building leaders and then creating either our own sales program or building for clients, which I do. So when I look at that, I have like zero bandwidth to say, okay, I'm going to go learn more copywriting, more funnels. Let's build this e-commerce piece. And when I was talking to a buddy that just does op stuff the other day, we were trying to pinpoint some different people that could be a fit. And he was like, if you could get like some of that day to day or just having to think e-commerce off of your plate, would that give you time to create more ideas and generate content? And I'm like a thousand percent. Um, and so that's the focus, figure out how we do that. Yeah. Cause then you can just, because I'm, I'm assuming 
from what you stated there, where you want to just mainly focus on, that's the goal is like build that. And then the e-com just reaps the benefit of it. And then again, some of those high level strategies, you can say, okay, how do we make sure that best practices we're connecting the dots with that yep. and our funnels optimized and we've got all this and all that stuff. My, uh, my business coach was great about it back in November. She's like, you need to look at they're separate businesses, but they're very symbiotic. The shirts have driven a ton of speaking leads and a ton of speak and speaking has driven a ton of apparel sales and book sales. And she said, but you've got to look at the apparel as a standalone business. Like on a high, high level, a Ryan Reynolds does uh, aviation gen or the rock does Terramana. Like you want to promote it. You want to be around it. Um, but you don't want to work in it. You want to create content and brand. And so that's, really where I've been very intentional the last handful of months um, of how do you do that more because the speaking and writing is what sets me alive and that's where I am in a sweet spot. Uh, that's kind of that creative good box for me to be in. Um, and so as it's grown, which is great, I'm spending more time there, but less time keeping some of the day to day and then it just piles up. So, so the challenges of owning a business, you, you know, things I never thought I'd deal with six years ago, I deal with now and it's a fun challenge to have. Uh, so yeah, I can't, I can't complain about having the challenges cause there was a time I would have craved it. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's far better than sitting in a, you know, dark room broke going, um, man, I wonder what I should do, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and every, I was about to say, we've all, and every one of us have had those moments where you're sitting in that dark room after you've been going of like, what did I get myself into? What am I doing? What do I need to change? And you just start trying to say, okay, what's the next step? You figure something out, you adjust. And that's kind of been the past 11-ish years. God, it's been 11 Man. years. Wow. But yeah, but that that really is a, a very purposeful shift though, because when when you are someone who's been in the dark room, we'll keep that analogy going, <laughs> right? Yeah. Man, it's it's so much easier in that time that you're in right now of like overwhelm and stress to go like, okay, hang on. <laughs> I know how that over there feels. I don't want any part of that. And so that's what I've I've brought on. Let's embrace the good here and get through it. <laughs> yeah. And it and it's really identifying, I mean, as you know this what do you want life to look like for you? And what do you want success to be for you? And knowing that that's incredibly different for everybody. And, you know, I almost sunk and I've said it before to people, but like I literally almost crashed and burned the business in 2017 when I made this pivot because I just kind of went all in. I said, I firmly believe this is the direction. And it was, but I made too many changes all at once. And literally 17 and 18 were just like, dark room, hang on for dear life, just get through one more day. And it paid off. I mean, it was ultimately the right move, but you've been in the, you, what you get in those moments. And so you just kind of have to go back to them and say, okay, what did we learn? <laughs> Don't make that drastic of a shift initially. Uh, but it's, this is the lifestyle I want and have wanted. So how do you just keep making that shift to further align it? Because we often start businesses and projects and chase things and, you know, most people start their business to have a little bit of freedom or a creative outlet, and then it ends up owning them and dragging them. And they spend more hours and, and they're more of a slave, for lack of a better phrase, to the job than they ever were to an employee role. And 
you, you never want that. And so how do you reframe those situations so they work in your favor? Um, because every job has stuff that sucks and you're always going to have to do some things that are not so much fun. But the less you have to do or the less often you have to do, the, the better life seems to be. Yeah, and, and allowing and allowing yourself to, yes, like have that frame of like, okay, this is the crappy stuff I'm going to have to do. But also allow yourself to realize that you know, it's better business. It's better for the business. The less of those things that you do, yeah. right? Thousand percent. <laughs> and and I, think, I think a lot kind of, of suck at and find somebody else to do it better. Yeah. 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 And, and part of it, you actually, you may even be great at it, but you don't enjoy it. So it takes three times as yep. long. Right. And it's just, and it's taking you away from the important things. I just, I roll, I started rolling a while ago, just so you know, just cause we were like, talking and going and yeah man let's i'm i'm always game we can man let's let this game go wherever to give as much value as we can to folks absolutely man jake thompson so glad to to reconnect and have you on the show here uh this is a blast thanks jason excited to hang out today it's been a while i hadn't seen you man it's been probably before the world went crazy yeah for sure i guess i was still back in dallas and because i remember are you still you mentioned your coach a little while ago is that carrie still carrie wilkerson Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we connected. Cause I, I remember just randomly getting some invite from her, just a, a quick connection and re- invite from her. And yeah, I saw Satema there at the event and yep. um, that was a blast. That was a good, that yeah. was a good time. That was the first I, time I, yeah. I think we, well, not the first time we connected cause we had connected like coffee house and stuff yep. like that a little bit, I think. But, um, that's but yeah, right. it was good to hang out that day. Yeah. I actually chatted with her this morning. So she is, she has been a mentor of mine for, God, probably since 16, 17. And really over the last, I don't know, six months, I was like, I want to get to the next level. And I have no idea how to connect those dots. I can see spots. Um, you've done this. Let's talk. And so, yeah, so she coaches me we weekly sessions and learning and has been just a, a blessing, I'll say. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's such a key point. I mean, yeah, I went through your book, you know compete every day. Um, fantastic. Not went through, I mean, I listened to the whole thing. I'm an audiobook guy, so I got to listen. Yeah. Uh, but it just, just great. And the only problem is that, you know, now I have a hundred things to talk to you about instead of, you know, <laughs> one that I try to focus around. Right. And we'll I think, tackle one at a time. We'll tackle there we one go. at a time. And, and in all seriousness, that's really where I landed honestly was, um, this notion of incremental, you know, what you say every day, but seriously, like that one small step every day. And I want to go deep into that a lot of it. Cause I think, I think not just in the book, but on recent podcast episodes of yours and all of that stuff, diving into that. And then as it's been a, not a realization to me, but an allowing to let in the truth <laughs> for me lately of, you know, not fighting it so hard to just go like, okay, just make this one little you know, incremental improvement and let's, let's move from there and actually stay consistent with something and reap those benefits, you know? Um, but yeah, and, but a big piece of this, what, before I kind of went down this road a little bit was, um, I really want to call out to folks. I mean, you're a coach, you help companies, you help people, you have all of these folks improve themselves and you have a coach, right? Um, and there's, just an important lesson I want people to, you know, focus on. This isn't, you know, 
you get to a point and you know everything and now you go teach people stuff. You teach people your journey I and mean, you constantly get better. You need that help. You find someone who's been there and get you to the next level. And I love that, that you're still in the middle of all that, you know, and, and, and vocal about it and making sure people know. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting because I've had different coaches over my career. Uh, you know, when I was starting early in business, I probably had more mentors than coaches. I wasn't paying for that advice, um, but I was, I was attending groups. I was getting involved in like, uh, EO entrepreneurial organization. I was in their accelerated program. So I was learning in those sense. But then when I went down the speaking path, hired a coach, worked with the coach and his team for five months on learning the process of the performance. When I finished with them, I hired another coach to teach me the business side of it. Then flash forward, I would absorb stuff and read stuff and had mentor relationships, but nothing like an active ongoing coaching relationship because I was investing time in kind of masterminds and being around other people to learn and facilitate that way. But when I saw, okay, this is where I'm bumping into that ceiling, I've got to get help and an outside perspective as well as wisdom to say, how do you get to that next level? And so that's when I hired Carrie because I was like, this is what I want. This is where I want to go. I know you've done it. And I think that's so key because the lesson I always give like some of my sales guys is Michael Jordan was the best player in the game in 89 or let's see, 90 when he hired Tim Grover as a trainer to change his game, to make him bigger, stronger, more physical. So he had a better chance beating the Pistons. Like if you're the best in the sport and you have a coach and a trainer, then why wouldn't those of us that are not the very best in our industry do it? And then once you get to that top, you already know the coach helped you get there because of everything they put you through and the accountability, you would keep the relationship. And so a lot of times we get our ego in the way or we get this idea that once we get out of school, we don't need a teacher or a coach anymore. You just kind of have to figure it out or get on Google. But there's real value from the accountability, um, even making the investment in a coach because you've got to have something in it. If you're going to someone and one, you're paying them for the experience and the wisdom. So there's value in it for you. But additionally, it's going to also probably hold your feet to the fire to get the work done, which is why in traditional sense in gyms like 24 hour fitness, LA fitness, like they make a chunk of their revenue off people who sign for a 30 or $40 a month membership and never show up. Like that's kind of part of that big gem box model. And that's totally okay. That's their model. But you're 100% more likely to be there if you were paying 100 to 150 bucks per session for a personal trainer because you've got more invested in that. And so for everyone listening, like career-wise, life-wise, starting a business, like there's a huge value in having a coach to, to bounce ideas off of, to give you a different perspective. And more than anything, they should challenge you uh, to, to answer those questions yourself. And that's really how we grow and, and get out of this comfort zone and, and the habit that a lot of people have of just settling. Yeah. And that, that paying for it as well, it also makes you hold that that coach to a little bit higher standard too, right? Yep. If somebody's just helping you out for free, you're like, okay, well, that was cool. But but it allows that back and forth. They keep you accountable. You want to yep. show up because you've invested in this, but you also want to like, okay, Let's, I'm not quite getting what I need, you know, and you yeah. can kind of push back and everything. Absolutely. And it, and it takes the idea of, you know, on friends, friends give advice, but sometimes friends don't want to give each other the truth and a coach, like you're paying me to tell you the truth. And so if you're sucking, like, I'm going to tell you, this is what you're doing. You're getting in your way. Let's talk about how we get around it. And together we'll source an opportunity and solution, whether it's for you, whether it's how you manage your team, 
But a friend, it's kind of there. And, and you also like, you, I mean, I always remember starting up like you're, Hey, can you design this? Hey, can you do that? Like you do favors for friends, but just saying you're not as invested in it. They're not as invested in it. And so there's really some impact there. And so, you know, if you're ever stuck from a career life standpoint, a coach has a tremendous amount of value, not just a trainer, not just in sports, but actually in business career life. Yeah. And some people, they don't have, you know, jerks like me as, as a friend who is just blunt and honest. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, if you really want my opinion on something, I'll give it to you. I'm a jerk. So just be ready for, <laughs> for that. If I don't like it, I don't, I'm not just, scared of but feelings. But it's because you love them enough. It, it, exactly. The accountability is the best source and best example of love because it says, here's the standard I believe you're capable of. Here's the standard you've said you've wanted. When you fall short of that, I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to raise your game because I believe you're capable of more than you're giving. And there's no other better way from a friendship standpoint for that because you're not allowing people to settle for what's comfortable that they would end up regretting later. You're challenging them to say, how can you find out what you're actually capable of and go after it? Yeah. And when I do love something that so, you know, a friend has done, or I do see doing, I make sure to, to call that out. And then they always know that's the truth too. Yep. Right. You know, they like, Oh man, Jason's a big old jerk. And he liked that. Oh man. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm on the right path. <laughs> you yep. know? And, and the other aspect to, to a coach, I just want to, I want to hit on really quickly is I I've made this mistake too, when it comes to finding that either coaching program, specific coach and all of that, which, you know, going into it with the mentality of, I don't have things figured out. I don't know what I want to do in business or this and that. I'm sure they have the solution, right? And there's benefit. There, there can always be benefits rather than doing nothing. And again, sitting alone and trying to figure it out. That's, that's a better step in the right direction, but it's far more valuable when you approach coaching in these programs like you talked about when it's you've hit that next problem right and maybe it's still at the beginning like here's what i'm doing with my business here's the offer i've gotten out in the world but i'm not getting traffic let me go see who's great at that you know and then getting yep. that in and and then at each level and each problem you get those solutions Absolutely. And and some coaches can scale with you, but some coaches are specifically designed for specific life cycles and, and areas. And that's 100% okay. Um, when I started, I was just working with people new to sales and that created challenges on my end. Um, and it was a very limited time on theirs because once we built the habits, the little things, the systems in place, and as they scaled into manager roles and things like that, I could assist them, but that wasn't the purpose of our program at the time. And so pass them on. Whereas now it's really executive and team focused is what I do because I want to be able to coach the coaches as they're building the teams and the people. And, and I can go top to bottom, but it has a very different life cycle than before. So the intentionality, as you said, going in is, is huge. And there's life coaches out there that'll help you kind of figure out what you may want to do. And they're great at mapping things out or, or putting pen to paper for you, but they're incredibly helpful when you know, this is what I want to work toward. And this is where I'm trying to get to and where I feel stuck because you can better identify who specifically helps solve those problems when you're interviewing coaches. Cause you need to interview them as much as we would interview you to see if you're a good fit for us. Yeah, that's, that's strong. So I, I, I feel like 
I, I've taken a, a shorthand approach in this. So I want to make sure we get, we give yeah. the, the audience some uh, geography here and some just background on you and what you've got going on. You reference your, your businesses and, and all of that, but I, I want to make sure that that we all know that that journey a little bit. So Compete Every Day is, is the company clothing brand, kind of started as clothing brand, right? Yeah, about yeah. almost 11 years ago in May. Wow. Uh, I was selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car behind a CrossFit gym in Dallas with just a compete everyday message and other messages on it really around this idea of how do I encourage people to adopt this mentality to not settle, to actually show up and not worry what everybody else is doing, but compete against who you were yesterday to be that incremental 1% better every single day. And so that was 11 had a phenomenal run uh, in the business. I'll say the apparel still runs. We still have wholesalers. We still sell a ton of B2C. But about 2015, 16, I started just getting worn out on it. I was traveling Thursday to Monday from a lot of weekends, doing trade shows, doing race expos, fitness events, um, work in the booth. And even though we were growing at a great rate, like long-term, this isn't what I wanted. I was accumulating debt, carrying inventory, uh, which is always a product-based business challenge. And I started looking at other things. And, and my team at the time, phenomenal group um, of five, we just started talking and said, what do we do differently? Like, how do we actually scale up? And, and we what, started- Sorry, sorry to interrupt, interrupt that journey, but even that what was what was the vision in the beginning? Like when you beginning, started with I thought this. I was going to be like the next Nike and Lulu. Like everybody that starts an apparel brand. Like grand visions. I'm going to change the world through this message. And apparel is how I'm going to do it. Um, and that was really it. Is I And, and I sunk $20,000, $30,000. I honestly would say got stolen. But it was put into trying to do custom production. And not having any factory, like I start when I started this, I had no e-commerce experience, no screen print experience, no printing T-shirts, no custom apparel. Like this is literally a wild, wild west for me. I have no idea what I'm doing other than I have a message I firmly believe can impact how people show up in the world. And so I burned where did, money. Trying, where yeah. did that? Where did that vision even come from? Where did that thought process? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up thinking I was going to be Jerry Maguire. I really had this passion to be a sports agent. I knew I was never going to go pro and just wanted to be around the game. And I spent a couple of years in college and then in grad school working for an agent, realized that's not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Uh, I finished my MBA in the fall of 2008, uh, which was the recession. And so I couldn't get a job. I had non-traditional work experience at the agency. I was spent part-time with the Cowboys, the Dallas Desperados Arena team, um, as substitute taught. Like I had a really a plethora of just trying to get paycheck while I'm in a commission-only job. And so when companies would look at that in an MBA in a recession, it's like, you're out of luck. We have no room. Either entry level doesn't want you because you're MBA or experience doesn't want you because it's non-traditional experience. And so I was kind of forced into a spot of consulting, just bare necessity, have to eat to survive. And I started doing basic consulting of like, I know brand strategy and marketing, social media is really new. Let me help your company stop just trying to shove messages out and say, how do we create content and things that people want to engage with? And so I started building just a pretty small marketing consulting practice. And I worked with a couple of tech firms locally, an e-commerce group, a sports, a minor league sports franchise. 
after a few years, I had a pretty good consulting practice. I was making good money. I was single living in Dallas, but I was super unfulfilled. And I kept seeing that, lack of a better phrase, a sandcastle I'd built. And every paycheck and everything I'd done was building this elaborate sandcastle. But what happens when the tide comes in? Every sandcastle washes away and you never know it's there. And for me, it was this idea that I was not living and creating a story that impacted anyone other than myself and my bank account. And I wanted to change it. And so I started looking at what do I want differently? What would it look like if we stopped settling and giving into fear? And, and literally, it was just fear disguised as complacency or discomfort or fear of what other people say or rejection and failure. What would it look like if we just stopped doing that and started living? What would we be able to achieve? Because I saw friends settling for jobs they hated, relationships that were toxic, things that were comfortable because the unknown was scary. And I did it, it broke my heart. And so I started toying with this and spent about eight months trying stuff until my best friend was like, have you ever thought about t-shirts? There's a company out of Boston called Life is Good. Simple phrase. Stick figure guy, ironically named Jake. And he said, I think you should give it a shot. And so that was it. Literally, I had money set aside to go on a guy's trip to New Zealand. He spent his on an engagement ring for his now wife. And so instead of doing the trip solo, I put mine into a couple of boxes of shirts and tanks and said, let's see if this works. And so that was literally it. It was it was kind of no idea, just knew I wanted to to build something bigger than just me and impact people beyond just adding to my own bank account. And so that launched it. And so you flash forward a handful of years and I'm getting tired of always being on the road for extended time when my friends are out or when my friends are off work. And my team was just like, listen, we print at the time we print on shirts that a lot of groups print on. We do great design. So do a lot of other groups. There's a lot of people in this space. What separate us is this idea that it's not just an apparel brand. It's not just a shirt. There's actually meat to it. And so how you talk about it and how you teach and how you tell this message is what separates us. So you need to figure out how you can do more of that. And so I was like, okay, so that I just kind of chewed on it and ended up going to social media marketing world in San Diego, Mike Stelzer's event, and saw a guy named Michael Port do a workshop on coaching speakers. And I'd read one of Michael's business books in grad school and I watched him and it was one of the coolest experiences sitting in the audience because you knew immediately this guy is good. Either he planted these people in the audience or this guy's really good and he's really good. And so he offered his conference, uh, that was kind of their package deal. He offered his conference. I looked at it. It was, I don't know, a few thousand dollars. It's like, man, that's a lot for a conference ticket, but you know, maybe this is something I want to do. So I invested in it and said, let's go. And I had another commitment. So I take a red eye to Fort Lauderdale to this conference. I roll, I land that morning. I'm on, you know, you ever do the red eye, like you're off the plane. You're like, I need so much coffee. I've like double, double red eye from Starbucks. I'm like walking in there and I sit at the table in this first breakout session and I look to my left and it's Jay Bear. And I look over here and it's Clay A. Bear and it's, and it's these big New York Times bestsellers and marketing influencers and they're taking notes like crazy. And I'm like, I don't know anything else other than if these guys are working like that, these people are legit. And so I was in it. So I was taking notes. And so at the end of their event, they offer their grad program, which at the time was like $22,000. And when they put it on the screen, I was like, <gasps> like I'd never seen a program run that much. Here's me, small town kid trying to figure out what's going on in the world. And 
I laughed. I looked at it and thought, God, that's a lot of money. And so I go back to my hotel. I look at kind of our budgets for the year. We'd had a good year in 16. I was like, oh, we've grown every year. We're going to keep growing in 17. All these changes are going to work. And I was like, if I'm going to do something, putting this much skin in the game is going to require me to do it. And so I said, okay, let me do it. I did a payment plan with them, paid it off. And went and spent five months in Philadelphia training for four to five days at a time, eight to four or five, met some incredible people. It was a life-changing experience. And when I left, I was like, cool, now it's time to go earn it. And so that's when I hired another coach to teach me the business and start going from there. But it was that kind of investment that was so scary for me to make that was like, I'm already all in. Like I thought I wanted to do this, now I'm in. And then once I started doing it, it was like, this is 100% the path. And so now the business dramatically looks different. I've got my book that came out a couple years ago. I've got the podcast. I do a lot of coaching and consulting in the corporate team space, as well as keynoting is still one of my main drivers. And then the apparel. But everything really goes back to the core principles at the end of the day. How do we help people not settle? for what life gives them and start striving for greatness. And we just package it a little bit differently to say, we help you build the mindset, the focus and the habits to be successful or have a competitive edge. And so that's kind of that top level. But at the real bottom, it's we don't want you to settle because at the end of the day, settling leads to the biggest regret. So a little bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> that's huge, man. That's 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 wild though. And, and it's interesting and different too because – you know, at the top, like you say, it's, it is, you know, with the apparel, with speaking, with coaching, like it's all, it's the same through line, right? Yep. It just shows up as something I can put on, something I can be coached on, something I could read. Like it's, it's having that message through, through those different, different channels. And I'm sure each feeds the other, like you were kind of talking about earlier, right? Yeah. It's very symbiotic. And I looked years ago, you know, do I want to sell the apparel and just go this other route? And it made no sense because the brand is is everywhere. And it's how do we how do we touch you? So t-shirts, they're designed to have empowering messages and they're, you know, 20 to 30 bucks. It's a low entry. It's like a book. Book is 15 bucks, journal's 20 bucks, like a low entry point to getting into the community, understanding what we're about, learning, because we put out a ton of free content. And then as you move up, okay, coaching, let's help shift your career, your team, keynote, let's change your event. It's all that line that goes back to, and, and from my end, it helps me really influence an audience. So when I go speak to a team or at a company, everybody, we can give them all shirts. We can give them books. Like We can make sure that the 60 to 90 minutes we're together extends six to nine months so that your investment is not just, hey, we're investing in a 60-minute keynote and everything he's learned over the last 10 to 15 years. We're investing in this keynote, and here's how we're going to extend the life because we're going to give everybody the book, and we're going to do a book club and video content. So there's a really cool way that we can stretch the life out of it, which changes the conversation of how much do I need to pay you for a keynote to how much do we need to invest in a partnership so we really transform your team? And it's not just, hey, we walked out of this event, we're feeling really good and excited. What do we do on Monday? We already know what we're going to do on Monday, and here's how we're going to extend it. Yeah, and it, it answers that that human need of us or that, to satisfy that I have something I can hold in touch, right? Whether it's yep. the shirt, the book, something like, and that that's a trigger, but right? Even if nobody took any notes, like, it's going to bring them back to that 60, 90 minutes to where like, Oh, that's right. I remember, you know, Jake went deep on this story 
and remind it. But then that action plan, and that's a big giant takeaway for everyone too. Anybody out there speaking or coaching is like to have that long tail for all of this, right? Because not just so, oh, I can charge more now for my speech, but actually everybody who sits through that 60 to 90 minute keynote, wow, they're going to be impacted so much more. They're going to reap the benefits of all those principles that you're talking about during that, during that speech for those six months, year down the road. Yeah, I, I heard from Anton Gunn, who's a CSP speaker, real famous speaker. He's phenomenal. And he talked about from, you know, our keynotes, essentially, like it's just, it's the what. It's just what we need to do. Here's some high level. The training and development, that's the how. That's where we dive into the weeds. And so my model, the competitive advantage model from a high level is mindset, focus, and systems. That's kind of the individual side. I have a team version that's all around leadership, communication, and development. And so what we look at, we talk about them. But then if you want to get into training, like each of those have three models underneath and three. So like I have a good 12 to 24 months of curriculum that if we wanted to meet once a month, we can really train your team up on these areas or identifying what's the key one. And so for those speaking and coaching it's exciting to get on stage and do a 60 minute. I love it. I love the energy. I love stepping on stage. However, our goal is to add value and change lives, regardless if we're teaching them marketing hacks, mindset shifts, or how to be a better leader. Our goal is to change and impact lives. And so we have to look for opportunities. How can I create more value for you? Because we know what happens after a 60 minute, especially if you're one of 10 speakers, they've got some notes, but what's the follow up on the back and how you continue to help and change their lives besides just getting them to opt into your email list or get your free download. And so when you come at it from that sense, like every day for me is just that opportunity, whether I'm recording a podcast, having this conversation, writing a blog later, it's how can I add a little bit of value so that one person, two people reading this are impacted and do something with it. And so that's really that shift where you create that long tail because it's less about how do I sell a speech and more about how do I change lives. Yeah. So who are you working with the most right now? Is it, is there a particular industry and then how are you, how are you helping them? Two are kind of there. So construction, um, and sales specifically real estate are kind of the top two in my wheelhouse right now. Uh, for a number of reasons, one construction, the, the work ethic in that industry, uh, fits right into this mentality. How are you showing up every day, controlling your controllables and competing Real estate sales, like that is a hundred percent, like you're in that sales mode. In fact, one of my clients in Florida in the Miami area, I do onsite training two days a month, every month with them, a little bit of executive, small group for the sales floor, and then one-on-ones with their uh, management team. And so for them, it's a mix. It's kind of full-on professional development at the bottom level, and then helping their team build out training. And then their managers, it's, it's teaching them to shift out of management mode to coach leader mode. Because for a lot of us and a lot of organizations, we become managers because we're really good at the job we had underneath or we've been with the company long enough. Not because we're trained and skilled in how to manage properly. And so we're kind of thrown in the fire and not having a clue what to do. So really helping them do that. Um, and that's a big one. On the construction that becomes side- Because that becomes a, hu- that becomes a human aspect, yeah, right? Human not your aspect. job aspect, yeah. And it creates a, a random cycle. I mean, my wife is in real estate. She got promoted 
two and a half years ago into the management role for her office when her boss suddenly retired and she had no training. There was no training in how to be a manager, how to run an office, how to lead. She was just really good at her job. And, and that happens everywhere. It's why you have top salespeople that when they're promoted to a sales manager director, they, they don't do well because what made them really good in that role is not what's going to make them good as a manager or a leader. And so we don't train that. So a lot of it's training that. Um, and then even on the construction side, it's the same. One of my bigger clients in the construction space, we do quarterly trainings with identified future leaders. So we went through with their leadership team and said, who are 30 to 50 people that have the potential to step into a leadership role in the next one to five years? Who are those people that you see traits, you see how they work, you see opportunity? We put them in a room. And then over the course of 12 months, we're about to wrap up at the end of next month, we'll wrap up the year, we did four pillars. So we talked about just leadership as a basic, getting everybody on the same page, the importance of developing yourself. How are we personally growing? Because you have to lead by example. You have to bring your best in order to get the best out of others. Then how are you leading your team? So talking culture, communication, building other leaders. And then this last one is kind of a mix for all of them in the ongoing in addition to homework. So we recommended six books throughout the year for them to read, some YouTube videos, some podcasts, and then have a Slack channel where we do just open questions. Ask questions to me. Let's have conversations about what you learned. And so that really helpful sense for them is how do we groom the next group? And what you see over the course of 12 months is who's doing the homework, who's not, who's going to be a fit, who's not, and helping pull along the ones that are struggling and then really set up the ones that aren't. Um, and so that leadership development is a perfect space on that industry for me. Whereas the sales side, I do some sales training. So we get into the process and identifying your prospect and how are you working it. But with a lot of them, it's controlling your controllables and time management. And, and really, how are you not just running fire to fire, but saying, how am I blocking my time? How am I identifying my priorities? And then how am I being coachable on the things that we're talking about? Yeah, and how powerful to be selected, to be, you know, for those folks who maybe they would have come up, maybe they would have gone into some leadership role, maybe, but to be pulled out and said, here's what we see in you. Like, whoa, <laughs> that's got, yeah. that's got to light something that alone. Right. That, that empowers them. You know, a lot of, and we talked about this last time with them is every organization is going to tell you what you need to do to succeed in your role and how to not get fired. Like everybody knows the job description and basics. Fewer organizations then will tell you how your work and what you do on a daily basis helps your small team and the larger company succeed. Like why your work is important. So that empowers them to know like, here's what I'm doing is actually making an impact versus I'm just a cog in a wheel collecting a paycheck. The third group, and, and this is the one I stress with them and a lot of my teams that most people don't do is when a manager or leader will sit down and understand what are your actual goals? What do you want to achieve in life? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And then helping them connect the dots between what they do right now and how it's helping them build the skills or experience to do what they want to do, regardless of whether it's in an organization or not. Because once people understand, okay, here's where I want to go, but here's what I'm doing on the daily basis and how it helps me, they're way more motivated to work because they're understanding how it connects the dots versus it's just a job. And if it's just a job, you don't really care about the output or the results and you're not doing your best because you want to ultimately be doing something else. And so that requires some work on both parties 
to identify what do you want, where do you want to go, what do you want to do, and then on the manager side to invest in the relationship. Get to know the people. Don't look at them as part of payroll. Look at them as a person and help understand them and then help connect those dots for them because they're going to be way more bought into you leading and you working together if they know this person cares about me and helping me get to where I want to go, even if it's not here. Yeah, big time. And it and it's it's one of those human things that's that's it's funny we have to teach, but it's it's okay that we have to teach too because yeah. we all do. We get that mindset of like, this is my job, this is my role, this is a person I'm interacting with. You know, we have to get like shaken a little bit and go like, okay, <laughs> look at look at Sally who you're standing across from right now, <laughs> like as yeah. the as the person and interact that way. What um, can you tell me about other than what picture is sitting on her desk? Like, what do you know about her? Who do you work yeah. alongside? Coaches, sports coaches always tell me. Like their goal is to always get to a player's heart because if they can get to their heart, they can get to their head. And the old adage of people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like that holds true for a reason. And so in the workplace, like what are we doing to build and forge relationships with those we work alongside instead of just worrying about, you know, when's your project due? Where's the red stapler? Like little things like that. Exactly. Yeah. You said one thing that you, you kind of help help people with that is a great transition point. I, w- I want to take into this aspect of the steps to get somewhere, yep. right? And you, you help these folks identify what they want to achieve, whether it's within the organization, just in their life. What is that, that shift that you help people make when they, you know, especially entrepreneurs, like we, we have the vision, right? We have the big, like, we know what we want this yeah. thing to look like you, when you wanted to be the, the, you know, the next Nike, it was like, okay, I just want to be there. Like, you know, it's hard to Real then rush. go, okay, what's, what's step one, right? Like, yeah. I really don't want to write this email today. I just want to go be the next Nike. <laughs> you know, yeah. how, do, how do you help people connect those dots so that they look up in six months and go, Holy smokes, look what I've look what I've done, you know. Well, I gotta remind them you can't throw the game winning touchdown pass until you've thrown thousands of them in practice. Um, because nobody just walks on the field ready to go. There's uh there's some truth to that. And, and really the process and who we become in the process is what positions us for that big being that Nike down the road. And so one of the thir- first things I, I tend to look at because a lot of people get stuck on that first step. I don't know what the first step is. I don't know what the, excuse me, the perfect first step is or the perfect time. And we get caught up on, you know, making the wrong move. And, and an action is a choice. It's failure by default, but it's still choosing to fail because we're not taking action. And so what I love to ask starting is what's one thing that you could do small, specific today, maybe this week that would at least help you better understand it tomorrow. What's an action step you could take? So if you're wanting to start a business, it's the easiest thing you can do today, search for trademarks, make sure the company name you want is not trademarked. What's the, what's the easy thing you can do tomorrow? Google how to file a business license in my city or file it with the state, an LLC with the state or a single, a solo, a solo, solopreneur, uh, sole proprietorship. Why am I blanking on that? It's been years since I've been a sole proprietor. That's why I blanked on it. So it's literally the question, what's one small thing? So it goes back to that incremental steps. There's a huge benefit to identifying, asking yourself what's one thing, because there's really no right or wrong when you're getting going, because every question is helping you discover, is this the right path or where do I need to course correct? 
what's the next step or is this the right step or do I need to take another one? We get so caught up looking in the crossroads of this one, this one, this one that we don't take any steps versus take one, evaluate. Was it the right step or should I have done something else? Cool. I can always course correct. You're never stuck. You're never muddied. They, they told me this when I started speaking because I, I heavily fought against going into an industry like sales. I was like, I'm, I'm working with like 15 different industries now. I'm working with healthcare and trucking and but they were like, you need to go down one. It doesn't mean you're married to one forever, but you build your reps and credibility going down one path and then understanding this works or I need to pivot. But you don't know until you start taking action. So the first step I always tell people is, what is it you want? Like, what is that big picture in the sky? You want to be the next Nike? Awesome. What's one thing you could do to learn more about Nike? Well, you could read Shoe Dog if you want to learn how they got started. Or you could go down and talk to a local screen printing company and say, Hey, talk to me about your process for printing. What does it look like? How do you do shirts? Like what, what are all the costs that go into it? So you better understand what numbers are. There's a million little bitty steps and, and we don't have to know all a thousand of them. We don't even have to know a hundred of them. We just kind of have to think of three to four to get us going. And then you figure out another two to three to four to get going after that. And, and it's the incremental teeny tiny steps that we want to be there tomorrow but nobody gets there overnight. It's overnight. And the illustration I use in the book is the iceberg. And icebergs take thousands of years to develop. And we really only see 10% of it, which is above the water. And for us, that's the success. That's that outcome, that bonus, that award that everybody craves because everybody sees. But underneath that is 90% of ice. And that's the little steps you take every day, the failures, the changing course, the bad days, the good days, the building, the skills that take so much time to develop that when people see you, they think you've come out of nowhere, but you haven't. You've just been putting in all this work where they've never watched. And so that's kind of what you have to keep in mind. And so writing things down is incredibly helpful because like you said, you can look back and say, six months ago, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but here's all the things I've done. So it reminds you, you've made progress and boost your confidence that I'm capable of starting to connect the dots and steps as I get going. And then just continually ask yourself each day, well, what's one thing I could do today to be a little bit closer tomorrow to being that person, being in that role, doing that? Yeah, and I think I think there's something to that visualization of it too, even if you, it's not even a going back and reviewing and that visualization of you're, you're building your own map, right? As yep. you go, you know, and I, here's where I started. Here's what happened. Here's what we go. And I promise everybody out there the do getting in motion, <laughs> staying in motion towards even just that general direction is 150 times better than sitting there thinking about your next move. And I've, I've done both in, in great, you know, <laughs> waves, yeah. right? Because, you know, you get so, so, you know, even when you do get going and you get momentum and there's that feeling of just like, whoa, let me, let me stop and see where I'm going. And you can do that for an afternoon, <laughs> you know, and you should, you know, and it's like, okay, where's my path? What's that next step? The problem is when you, you know, you put on the brakes because you're just like, whoa, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm like, really, I'm free falling here. You know, <laughs> let me see where I am. And you stop for six months, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and then then you can't get going again. It, or, it's, you know, James Clear talks about Atomic Habits of the importance of the daily action just for identity as much as consistency. And that's one, as, as you talked about at the beginning, the teeny tiny incremental of 
getting into the habit with it. And I talked to somebody uh, a few days ago on Instagram of like two weeks ago, I just did an Instagram reel about my day got away from me. I was dealing with some crap I didn't want to be dealing with, but needed to. And I had somewhere to be at six o'clock and it's five o'clock and I hadn't got my workout in. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't make it to the gym. I'm not going to make it all the way down there. I still have to shower and change. I've got like 15 minutes, we'll say. So I just went in the garage, threw on the timer for 15 minutes, rode and did kettlebell swings. Wasn't the workout I wanted. Wasn't as long as I wanted. Wasn't probably the best workout I've ever had, but it kept the streak going. And if I did just that for 15 minutes, it stacks pretty consistently over a few weeks or a month, way better than maybe an hour workout every so often. And I had a couple of people DM me and they were like, I've never thought about that. I only focus on how much time I don't have versus how much I do. And I was like, if you have 10 minutes every morning, read, like use it. 10 minutes, you're not going to get, maybe get through a chapter. Some days you won't. But over the course of a year, you're going to stack up 20 to 30 books by reading just 10 minutes every day. But most of us get so overwhelmed. We put on the complete breaks. We don't do anything. And then, like you said, it turns into six months versus the person that gets overwhelmed and says, whoa, 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 I got 10 minutes. What's one thing I can do for 10 minutes to help move the ball a little bit? And that's what they do. And it just stacks consistently over time. Oh, yeah. And you, you mentioned something there that, that I've discovered in the last couple of years that's a, that's a game changer and, and something I wanted to, to talk to you about too and how much you coach people on this. But that that idea of identity is huge, right? I've found that, you know, in some big changes I've made, like, you know, a couple of years ago, I stopped eating sweets. And like some people are like, I don't care. I don't really like sweets. I never yeah. understood those people, right? And I was the guy who was just like uh, yeah, at the birthday party and like, oh, you're not going to eat your icing? Give me that icing. Like, I'll, I'll eat that. I'm, I'm with like, you on that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, totally. And then I just went and I made a decision one day and it was like, I don't eat sweets anymore. Like, I just don't. That's not who I am. And I, and I try to convey to people that it's so much easier <laughs> to to go to zero than it is to like, oh, I'm someone who eats sometimes. And, you know, am I going to do that today? Or I might do that if I do it today and not tomorrow when I'm just, that's just not who I am, you know? And that speaks to your, to your workout. You're somebody who's, I'm going to work out every day. If it's 15 minutes, like in, and when you stay true to that identity, man, it's, it's easier to stick to something, but it also, it does, it moves you forward in leaps and bounds. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to echo one of the things you said there is you said, I don't eat sweets. So there is an empowerment in this idea of I don't versus I can't. And from a self-talk standpoint, it's huge because I can't feels heavy. Like, I can't, I can't have that cake. I'm on a diet. I can't go to this. Like, I always think when we think I can, I always think like when I'm a kid and I would ask to go to a friend's house for a slumber party and mom's like, no. So I have to be like, I can't. Mom won't let me. Like, it feels heavy. I don't, That's on the other such, hand, is a very uh, empowering statement. Oh, I don't I don't drink Monday to Thursday because I like being sharp at work. I don't eat sweets anymore. Um, I don't do this. Like it, It's a kind of a confident statement that this is just who I am. I don't do that. And so if someone, if you're struggling with that, kind of flipping that switch, changing your language from what I can't do to what I don't do is, is a very confidence building in that process and, and is a really huge piece of that. The other is really the part of separating who you are from what you do. 
and I struggled with this. When sports were over for me, I was still an athlete, a quarterback in my head, even though I wasn't playing. And it created huge internal conflict for me mentally because what I always identified as, where I found confidence, where I found things, was no longer part of me. And we all struggle with this if we always tell ourselves, well, I'm an entrepreneur. What happens when you sell your business? Well, you feel lost a lot of times unless you start another one. And you're kind of aimless if that was your purpose. Or uh, I, I'm a wife. And then you suddenly get a divorce and you're not a wife anymore. And your whole identity has been wrapped up in the one thing you did versus who you were. And so there's a huge amount of work into this space, but really focusing on our language and what we don't do and, and who we are. Is, I, I'm a guy who played football. You're a person who's also a wife, but this is who I am. And I'm also these other things is incredibly important because it helps us shift. It helps us when we fall short on something to not identify as a failure, but failure as an event that happened. And here's how we shift around it. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to, to get your take on how you walk people through discovering that a little bit. You know, I work with a good friend of mine, Gary De Rodriguez. We have a, a another show called Concentric and it's all about that kind of stuff, like digging in and discovering your values. And, you know, it's all about aligning with other people and relationships and stuff. And, and he's got a process that I've gone through a couple of times now and it's a brutal, painful process of <laughs> going through it's and like identi- should be. Yeah, ad- identifying what are your top five values? What do you, re- at the end of the day, when push comes to shove and you throw all your values in an, into an arena, who's coming out alive, right? Um, and, and that's, I mean, really that's that core process because you have to mm-hmm. know what you stand for, what you believe in and what you want to be defined by before you can go anywhere else. Yeah, and if you don't know that a lot of times the, the, those places where we're hitting a wall and we're it's it's because we're living out of alignment and we don't even know it we don't know that our top value is um you know innovation let's say yep. you know that it, and we're not doing any of that and we don't understand why we can't get past this certain things like oh we're not embracing this or we're we're living in violation of that and until you go through that process and dig in Oh, okay. And that doesn't mean you have to change your entire world, but you can shift some things so that what you're doing, you can do it in a different way. You can align yep. with that. I'd be curious to know like how you kind of walk somebody through, okay, great. I'm not just a wife. I'm not just a quarterback. Like, how do I find out who I really am? Yeah. And, and I would say a lot of it comes from identifying a few areas. What what do you believe your purpose is? What do you want it to be? Which some people can answer, some don't. Who do you want to be in 15 years? Like in that ideal state, because that 10 to 15 years is, is a little bit out of vision. It's a little blurry, but like, who do you want to be and what characteristics do you want to be defined by? Because usually we always believe that the habits and things we can't build now, we're going to suddenly build one day. We may not be disciplined and work out now, but we're going to definitely be doing it in 15 years. We're, we can't take care of our finances now, but we absolutely will in 15 years. We're going to be rich and all of that. So we, we ask for that because we want to. I want to know what do you believe your mission is, your purpose? Who are you ultimately wanting to become or think you can become? And then working through the values piece of like, what are things you value? Well, then let's go through process of elimination. What are kind of your top three to five? And then from your three to five, what are actions that you do consistently that reinforce that? 
And what are actions you do consistently that don't reinforce that? And let's figure out where you're out of alignment and where we can better get you in alignment, either by changing the actions or understanding what you say is valuable, you're not living at all. So you actually value something else. So is this accurate with that person you want to be in 15 years or not? And so going through that process helps them see, because most of us never write it down. We just have in our heads of what we think is important and what we're, where we kind of want to be. And, and it's, it's on a really beach with a lot of money. Yeah, it's blurry yeah. and vague. Yeah. And so we live that kind of in that operating that space. But once you start writing it down and saying, man, I, I value courage and I value for me competition and I value relations and I, you know, all of these things, then you start looking at where am I in alignment with these things and where am I off? And what am I doing consistently to reinforce, not only reinforce these values, but also, if someone were to look at me and how I live my life, would they see those values reflected? And so when you start to see that, then the self-awareness comes and you become a little more aware of what's going on and intentional with your day-to-day decisions. Yeah, and, and to have those in front of you, like as silly as maybe it sounds, have those constantly in front of you so that it, it acts as a filter, right, through your life through, yep. as decisions come at you throughout the day either how you approach something that someone's asking you to do or whether you even do it, you can, you can gauge that like, okay, I've done the work to know this is, this is really me and what's important. So let me filter everything through that. Yep. Yeah. Cause you've got it. You've got to have the lens. We already all see the lens through our experiences. That's why we have a hard time. If you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell's book, talking to strangers, we have a hard time talking to people we don't know because we come at it from our own experiences and lens and, and how we see the world and they see it very differently. And so there's a lot of miscommunication and conflict. And so we, we do that with ourselves because we have all these experiences. And if we're not intentionally looking at situations and choices through the lens of what are our values, who do we want to become then we kind of go on autopilot and usually what happens in autopilot is what comfortable and complacent and what we know. And it's never helping us grow and get to where we want to because it's not, it's something within our, within our comfort zone versus finding opportunities to expand it. Yep. Yeah. Big time. Jake, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. It's such, such a blast, man. Uh, it's, and it's important stuff. I think that's what makes it extra fun. Yes. I'm interested in, how people operate and how people can change and get better. And I love talking to people who help people do that like yourself. Um, but it's also incredibly important <laughs> that we all do that and do what you just talked about is, is pushing ourselves just enough every day to, to, to keep moving forward because it's not like, Oh, you know, we, we sit in complacency and we go and we watch Netflix and everything's just, maybe it's not great, but it's fine. No, because it's actually misery and that's when we get sick and that's when, you know, things go downhill quickly because we know we're violating those values. We know we're not living up to the potential that we can feel inside. Yeah. Daniel, uh, Daniel Pink has a new book called the power of regret and I haven't read it yet, but I've read some excerpts and he talks about the earlier we are in life, the more we fear and regret actions we take. So when we're a kid getting in trouble at school, sticking your finger in the electrical outlet, it's choices and actions we took that we regret. However, over time, the level of regret for that drops off dramatically. Because what you see is over time, it's the inactions we have that we greatly regret at the end. 
Because when you don't take action, when you sit in that complacency, over time you start to ask the questions, what if I'd tried? It's never a what if I hadn't gone after that. It's always what if I'd tried? What if I'd not given up when I was uncomfortable? What if I'd put aside 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 10 minutes a day to work on building a new skill or a goal or cleaning up my resume on LinkedIn than watching another Netflix episode or video on YouTube? And over time, it's the inactions we regret. So as you're saying that, that's what I think about is action Action will lead to failure sometimes. However, failure, if evaluated, always provides lessons for growth and getting better. Inaction provides nothing except long-term regret. And so it's always better to, to bet on yourself, to try, to explore, to take those steps, to figure out what works, what doesn't, to grow, to identify what your values are and how you can better live in alignment with it then to sit and do nothing and hope it magically appears 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah, big time. Awesome. So who who should reach out to Jake Thompson, connect, and, and how do they do so? Yeah, so easiest way, if you are, I would say from the content I put out, if you are someone ambitious or driven, you want to find a way to improve your mindset, how you talk, how you see the world, or your focus and habits, uh, definitely reach out. Instagram's where I tend to hang out the most there in LinkedIn. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn, just search Jake Thompson. Uh, on Instagram, it's Jake Thompson Speaks. And then otherwise, if you'd love to learn more about our coaching program, speaking programs, you can find a ton at my website, jakeathompson.com or competeeveryday.com. And I work with organizations from probably 50 up to 1,000 to 5,000 people on all of these sorts of things. But really, how do we give your employees and your team members a competitive edge so that they can show up better in their professional life, which also helps them show up better in their personal life? Uh, But man, this was a ton of fun, Jason. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. Thanks so much for being here. Always, always good. We may have to have a part two, three, four, five, and and six. So many, so much to talk about. Let's get Gary on. We'll jam through the values and, and identity this next time. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you want help creating authority building video content or even a client generating show of your own, go to Media Leads Co dot com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next strategy and action.